1: It must be Zamzos growing in your yard, garden, or barn. You've done it right, you see.
0: How's it going, everybody? This is the Zamzo's Garden Show. I'm your host, Nolan Guthrie. We are doing a pre-recorded show this weekend, and uh, with me today is Joss Zamzo of the Zamzo
2: family. How's it going, Joss? And I'm fantastic this morning, Nolan. Thanks for having me on.
0: Yeah, so we are doing a pre-recorded show today. We're going to talk about a subject that I think, uh, Joss, and you, you, know, you and I have talked about this a lot. We've been we've been kind of coming back and forth about uh, just how important watering is, and I think just as a general like idea in the company, I think we're starting to believe more and more that this is kind of the
2: the root to a lot of the problems we start to see it's a it's a huge issue and it's becoming worse and worse every single year. Yeah. One of the things that's unique about our area, not to the entire country, but but there aren't a lot of places like this where uh Boise this valley really is in kind of a desert. Yeah, right. And uh but at the same time we have plenty of water. Uh, so, yeah. we have these reservoirs that have a ton of water, so other places like las vegas where it 's a really hot desert they don 't have any water, so they minimize lawns and things like right. that, or in the Midwest, where they have big lawns, nobody uses sprinkler systems because it just rains yeah. regularly so so here we 're in the desert and and we still have plenty of water, and so we, we it 's kind of confusing. Watering yeah. the lawn is not as simple as it as it sounds
0: absolutely I, you know, I always think back to when you know I grew up in Portland and it was the the same you know that's a cool season area but they treat it more like a southern lawn because they don't water a lot of right. times in the summer i remember growing up and our lawn was brown during the summer right. and then and you can go to a lot of places in portland during the summer months and see a lot of dead barren lawns right. because right. they just treat it differently so it's it's interesting you know it was interesting then to come here and just see how differently people treat the lawn and and how how just how it's done and it's it's fascinating stuff i think you're right we have such a uh, an interesting kind of it's it's just so much. It's so di- different than any other place right. in the country because you're right. We have a lot of water, but we're in a place that is still desert. Right. It's hard to kind of wrap your head around that. So I wanted to kind of talk about uh, like some of the things you've noticed. You've been with the company obviously longer than right. I have. Right. I mean, what are some of the things you've noticed over the years? Uh, you know, doing this uh, that have have changed and kind of contributed to that.
2: Well, I I think. Uh you know without skipping over some of the issues that are created right. you know what what we're seeing as a result of people watering you know incorrectly is a huge increase in these lawn diseases i'm talking about fungus primarily mm. fungus problems that attack lawns and they have to be treated chemically but they are really self-imposed problems yeah. so we're creating these things and and um, when i first started at zamzos um and and it feels like a really long time ago uh uh but but in 1996 uh and I was trained uh in the the chemical department we right. called it at that point uh there were two bags of lawn disease control lawn fungicide products and they sat on the very bottom shelf and we never sold them. I yeah. mean, it was one of those things where periodically we'd have to go put new price stickers on because they would fade out. Because <laughs> they faded, yeah. Because we just didn't uh, have a lot of lawn disease issues. And and the reality was, at that point, and it was changing and it started to change at that point, but people really uh, uh, were still irrigating. Right. Um, and, and so you would literally have water in a ditch and um, and each family would have their day mm, right. uh, on the ditch. And So if you had water on Tuesdays, uh, you would literally put a dam in the in the irrigation ditch. Your lawn was kind of built like a bowl and you would flood your lawn. Yeah. And I remember as a kid running through the irrigation water ankle deep on Tuesdays. (laughs) Yeah. uh, And and and, you know, and then when the water was gone, there was no more water for the entire rest of the week. Even if you wanted it, you couldn't have it because the Falkowski family had it down the road or the Smiths had it on on Wednesday. It wasn't available, even if it was hot. So we watered really deep and long and then the ground was allowed to completely dry. Now the people that didn't have flood irrigating, most of those people were moving hoses. And one of the things that's true for those of you that are moving hoses or have moved hoses uh, is that you never overwater when you're dragging <laughs> hoses. It's, right. it's just too much work yeah. uh, to overwater when you're dragging hoses. So you water when the grass was thirsty and then you put the hose away yeah. and then the ground was allowed to dry in between. And that kind of a dry, hot environment here where we have almost no humidity in Idaho, it makes it very difficult. For a fungus to get established in yeah. a lawn, yeah,
0: there's fat. It's it's interesting just to hear that history. Like I live in an older part of Nampa where, like, you you could still see the the lawns or a lot of the lawns, especially in my neighborhood, but in a lot of the neighborhoods around us are set up just like that. You yeah, know? and I, I always thought that was really interesting because I've still got the uh, the flood irrigation mm-hmm. uh, port in my front and back lawns, and right. I'll actually kick it on sometimes in the middle of summer just because it's kind of fun to walk <laughs> around in the lawn when it's flo- flooded. But you know. I also like to do that. There's a lot of other reasons for uh, flooding as well, I think, but uh, we'll get into that maybe in a little bit. So, um, so that's those are the things that have changed over the the years, and uh, you know, I, I can remember. Being uh, early on at Zamzo's and the first time I ever heard the word ask a cheetah, mm-hmm. and I think we're going to get into that. We'll probably get into that a little bit later. But yeah. um, I've noticed, like you, like it, since I've been with the company now for 16 years, and it's probably been the last 10. It's been one that you know it, it consistently, consistently keeps cropping up and becoming a bigger issue here and there and and you start to notice. And what's weird is there's almost like a group think around it. You know, it ha- you see it once and then all of a sudden you see it in lots of different places. Absolutely. So um so yeah we're gonna talk about uh some lawn stuff. This is the Zamzo's Garden Show. I'm your host Nolan Guthrie. We're here with Joss Zamzo. This is a pre recorded show and uh just wanna let everybody know we're not taking calls today. And uh we're talking about watering, which I think is I don't. I don't know if I'd be talking. If it would be too much of a stretch to say, I think watering is probably one of the most important things to 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 get right, or or at least to start getting better at over the next few years. It's just. It's something I think we have to know how to do right, and and we see a lot of watering problems. Across the valley, and really, probably across the world. Really, I'm sure there's a lot of people that, if you're irrigating, they're probably not doing it right. Right. So uh, it's 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 very very important. So we're going to talk about a handful of those different things and kind of like how how to get better at it. I know we've got some things in the work at Zamzo's as far as like uh, we've been talking about uh, the water audit kit. We've been working on getting that put together and, and, and just kind of trying to get the message out there as to what it takes to get the, the, the lawn and the,
2: even your garden, all those things fertilized proper or watered properly. So I think the, the, the key thing is if you're listening to this show right now and your sprinkler system comes on every single day, (laughs) stay tuned, Yeah, let us help you get that right. Because, uh, that's absolutely gonna create if it hasn't already it will create problems for you and it and you know too much water is a real big problem especially where you have pressurized irrigation like in Nampa like we have uh, where the water you pay your irrigation tax it's virtually free right. so if you're watering every single day uh Stay tuned because we're going to help you not only save you a lot of time, but we're going to save you a lot of money and, and unnecessary uh, chemicals put down on your right. Car.
0: And that's I think that's you know that's really what it comes down to is we. The Watering is always the first thing I ask. The first thing you want to get right is the water. Once you've got that correct, a lot of other issues go away. In, in that and proper fertilization, you can take care of, what, like almost 80% of the problems that Absolutely. you can have in a lawn if you get those two things great. So we're going to deep dive as you will, into watering uh, watering your lawn. We'll probably get into some other things here in just a moment. We're going to come right back here on another segment of the Zamzo's Garden Show on KBOI. The Zamzo's Garden Show will be back right here on New Stock 670 KBOI.
1: Hi, this is Callie Zamzo, daughter of Jim Zamzo. And I'm Faye Zamzo, Jim's wife and Callie's mom. And I'm her granddaughter, Raphael. And I know what they both want for Mother's Day, a beautiful hanging basket from Zamzo's. Am I right? Yes. Your mother's been giving me a Zamzos hanging basket every Mother's Day since I can remember. That's right, Mom. It's a Mother's Day tradition. Now, what kind of flowers do you want this year, Grandma? Well, I'm an easy-to-please Grandma. Surprise me. Well, that won't be difficult. Zamzos has thousands of baskets filled with every combination you can think of. So what would you like in your basket, Mom? Well, I'm an easy-to-please mom. Surprise me. Hey, that's what Grandma said. Are you two related? Well, I am her mom, so you might say that. And we might also say that for the best quality, longest-lasting baskets in the Treasure Valley, visit any of our 13 stores, especially our Chinden Greenhouse. That's where we got your basket, Grandma. Rafi, shh. Mom's the word. You mean
0: Mom's the word. Nobody knows (laughs) like (laughs)
1: Samso's. at 670kBOI on your smart speaker. For your Amazon speaker, first activate the skill by saying Alexa, enable the 670kBOI skill. Then when you want to listen, say Alexa, open 670kBOI. Any questions? Go to kboi.com.
0: All right, and we are back for part 2 of the Zamzo's Garden Show. I am your host Nolan Guthrie. We are doing a pre-recorded show today, so we are not taking callers, but we have some great content uh, ready for you. I'm joined today by Josh Zamzo and we are talking about what are we talking about? We're again? talking about how you can water better and save the world. Saving the world by <laughs> watering, yeah, absolutely. And I, you know, I feel like anymore as we kind of get into things, like I, I, I feel like that's true more and more. Like water is so important, and we gotta. And uh, as we talked about in the previous segment, Idaho has a lot of water, and we gotta we gotta protect that. You know, we've got to make sure we have that resource. Uh, for lots of stuff. So we're going to get into, in this segment, we're going to talk about uh, some of the signs, some of the symptoms, some of the things that you might notice in your lawn, in your garden, and uh, how to figure out whether or not it's water, right? Because there's a lot of underlying things, like almost literally underlying things. It really is, uh, it comes down to the soil and kind of what's underneath there. And and Joss, I was wondering if you could just touch on really quickly, like what is it about uh, Idaho soils that is different that pertains to watering and how
2: we want to think about that. Well, I think uh, for in general terms, and and uh, we'll I'll give you the the one exception in a minute. But in general terms, we have high desert alkaline clay soils yeah. the, the, we were all uh, for the most part formerly Lake Bonneville uh, uh, you know we were all underwater and this is an ancient lake uh, a lake bed but but the ground itself is is a clay and it doesn't drain very well right. and um and I and I say the one exception because anyone that lives down next to the river you know Star Middleton uh through Eagle on Eagle Island and 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 a few other spots yeah uh, they've got real extreme sandy soil. So if you, if you, you know, if you're not, uh, if you're in that kind of a situation, we're talking slightly different scenario for you. But for the most part, this heavy clay soil, uh, it, it, it does not drain particularly well. But on the bright side, it does hold water deep very very well yeah so if you water deeper that water will stay a lot longer than it would if we had really sandy soil right. so there are some disadvantages to it but there are some advantages when we start trying to uh, raise lawns that don't get fung- fungus we're going to utilize that clay's water holding capacity uh so that we can dry out the surface of the ground, and we'll talk about that in segment three. Yeah, uh, so I want to get to uh, you know,
0: yeah, that's I, the the soil diversity in Idaho is is very interesting and and. and people who live in certain areas know <laughs> what and it like right. in and and from the store perspective i've worked at you know a handful of different stores over the years and uh i every time i went to the store that was the first thing i would ask customers is what's the soil like here what do you guys see what do you guys have can i see some of it you know i'd go dig up a hole in the outside just because i wanted to know right. what the soil for that area was like cuz it has a lot lot to do with so many different things and how the water reacts to it so i want to talk uh, a little bit more in this. This segment about some of the things you might see out on the out on the lawn, particularly right now, uh, that would kind of clue you into a watering issue. So, uh, Joss, what is what is the first thing like when you 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 do a lawn call or you go somewhere? What are what are some of the things that you look at, and what are the th- what are those signs, those things that you kind of raise flags for you about? there's a water
2: problem here. Well, so areas of the lawn uh where if you had a disease issue or a or a bug issue, they always start in areas of stress. Yeah. And and so we we what we try to do is uh the the uh we use the the word lawn, L-A-W-N, yeah. And we're looking at light. Uh, for example, if you had shade and the grass was real sparse, uh, you know, it could be a shade issue, a light issue. Right. Um, air is is the A, which could be you know heavy clay being trampled down compaction. by dogs yeah. or or driving or something where the compaction doesn't allow air to get to the roots. Um, the W part is water, and uh, and the water piece, as we've been talking about in this show, uh, is a real tell. For a lot of things because sometimes if we get that wrong the insect and disease issues start there and i and i think maybe more than any other that's a really that's low-hanging fruit on a lawn call is what's going on with the water yeah like it's always oh, it's the first question i ask if somebody says they have a
0: problem what are you watering and and, and so it, it's almost every like we were kind of joking we could say it in unison what what how, how much do you water every day
2: <laughs> every single day,
0: yeah, it's something that people they they and I think there's there's a handful of reasons for why they get into that, um, and I think it becomes a pattern. So yeah, stress is a big deal. Like in in water is kind of the first stressor, I think, for a lot of
2: but any, uh, issues. Anybody that's listening, the reason why we laugh, yeah. If you if you didn't catch the joke, if I ask how much are you watering and you say every day, that doesn't answer the question, right? right. Yeah. All that says is the frequency, right? But I don't. It doesn't tell me how many hours for each station. It doesn't tell me how much water each station puts out. And those are things that are really important to understand to really know if I'm putting the right amount of water down. It's not about the number of days. It's about the amount of water actually going out on the ground. So let's talk
0: about the patterns that people see in the lawns. This is one of the things that I see like I drive down the street a lot of times and this is this is just a, a weirdness of me right my wife always uh she'll always mention it like what are you looking at and I was like well I just saw this this thing in the lawn and and I'll just get Engrossed in it, but I see this all the time: patterns in a lawn. When I drive down a lawn and I see a big, huge arc, you mm-hmm. know, a big like there's a big brown spot, a big area that I can tell is stressed, but it's like in a big half moon or, or even a quarter moon uh, sort of pattern in the lawn. And I'm like, that
2: person has a sprinkler issue, or they had a uh, above ground swimming pool there,
0: right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, there's not. Yeah, so a pattern is one of those things. Uh, anytime you see a pattern, bugs, diseases, they're not going to move in a pattern. They're They're going to be uh, sporadic. They don't just do one thing in one little circle. I mean, unless you had like a little teeny fence set up where they couldn't get out. But that's ridiculous. So, you know, you're going (laughs) to see big areas uh, where uh, it's very defined lines, very uh, uh, cut and dry, really. I'm almost literally cut and dry. There's going to be something that you're like, oh, my gosh, there's a pattern here. That is almost always going to be some sort of... uh, not it's not going to be biological. It's going to be a cultural issue. Right. Something's wrong with the, f- with the sprinkler. It's not working properly. It's not covering properly. Like you said, something could have been sitting on there. Uh, so think about those things as you you know you walk through the lawn and uh, to just kind of highlight some of those points. I I always like talking to the Zamzos uh, because they always have good stories. So I was wondering if you had uh, a couple of stories about like just things that kind of. Uh, put that in perspective as
2: you've gone out and looked at lawns over the years. Yeah, well, one of my favorite ones was uh, Dad and I uh, went to Hawk Stadium, and they had some big dry spots in their in their lawn and and the the turf manager at the time uh, had experience at Wrigley Field and uh, and so again Midwest uh, and you know a little different situation than we have uh, and and Dad. Uh, said to him, you know, what's going on here in the center? It looks to me like you're not getting enough water. Well, he said, that can't possibly be the case. <laughs> there, were, We've got these big guns. They, they overlap six feet. And Dad said, I know. But you're still not getting enough water. So then he says, "Joss, lay down in that dry spot and ask the guy to go turn on the sprinkler. So here I am laying in the middle, and he turns on these big guns, and they're going over the top of me, and I'm literally bone dry. Right, the mist is evaporating before it gets to me. And when he comes back, I'm standing there completely dry, and he realizes, "Oh man, we were just missing." So we we can talk more about that in the next segment.
0: Yeah, Uh, no, and I I I love seeing those. Yeah, I love hearing those kind of stories because there's it all it, it happens so many times where uh you know we we, we see something we like I'm, I'm pretty sure this is it and and somebody's like "Nah, that can't be it but it's always fun so we're we're going to come back for another segment here the zamzo's garden show i'm your host nolan guthrie i'm with joss Samzo today we're doing a pre-recorded show we're talking about watering and how you can get better at it over the next uh over the season so please stay tuned we're going to be coming back for another segment here on kboi the Zamzo's Garden Show will be back right here on News Talk 670 KBOI.
3: Hi, this is Jim Zamzo, and as we move from April into the month of May and our last average frost date in the Treasure Valley almost behind us, it's time to plan. And all 13 Zamzos have a great selection of annuals, perennials, even trees and shrubs ready to go in the ground right now. Selection varies from store to store, but you'll always find our biggest variety of trees and plants at our Chinden Greenhouse. We also have great gifts for mom, including hummingbird feeders with the nectar to go in them, patio furniture and decor, bird feeders and bird baths, and of course Zamzo's gift cards so mom can get exactly what she wants. And when you plant, always use ZAMZO's 321 Grow Tablets with 11 species of mycorrhizae, and ZAMZO's Thrive to feed both the soil and your plants to get them off to a great start. So what are you waiting for? Get going and get growing with help from us at ZAMZO's.
0: Nobody knows like ZAMZO's. Broadcasting from the Empire Title Studios, we are 677 KDOI. And we are back with part three of the Zamzos Garden Show. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. This is a pre-recorded show. I'm your host, Nolan Guthrie. I'm today uh, here today with Joss Zamzo uh, of the Zamzo family. Uh, you know, it's easy to tell that you're with the family because your name
2: <laughs> is right, the same. Right,
0: right. <laughs> I was uh, asking Callie, uh, do you ever say, do you ever say, hi, I'm Joss Zamzos? <laughs> do you ever do that?
2: No, I never. I never <laughs> accidentally put an S on it. I never accident. I get called Joe and a lot of other.
0: <laughs> and why <I> don't, uh- <laughs> okay. Well, we got some serious stuff to talk about today. We're talking about watering. Before the break, we were talking about uh, a, a, g- a really fun story that Joss had about uh, when they were trying to fix. The Hawk Stadium lawn and how you know your dad uh, had you lay down in the grass and had him turn the sprinklers on, which is a, a risky proposition. Like that's you know, yeah. like, you know you feel like oh my gosh I'm going to get soaked and, and my dad's going to have a good laugh, but you know they did it and you were bone dry, and didn't nothing happen. So there's a lot of since instances like that in where you'll know you'll see that in the lawn and uh, there's you'll you'll notice a lot of times it's along the edges of the lawn. You'll see that happen a lot of times. I like to say when you're watering your lawn, uh, you want it to overlap a little bit. You actually should see just a little bit of water hitting the sidewalk. Uh, and sometimes it's, it has to do with the soil that's underneath there, especially on a sidewalk or if it's right up next to a road. You might have some road mix that's uh, causing it to drain a little bit more. Uh, lots of different situations like that. And I think uh, what I tend to do uh, with a, with these is uh, I always have a, a really – a sophisticated little device mm-hmm. that I bring with me whenever I do a lawn call and it's called a really long screwdriver. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> and I've found that to be the, like, honestly, it's the most important tool. Like, I don't, when I go to lawn calls, I don't bring anything else. Like, that's the only thing I do uh, because I can tell a lot from just how easy it is to push a screwdriver into your into your lawn. And it, it it just tells you a lot of things. If I can push that screwdriver all the way up to the handle, then I know there's definitely Enough water. Now we've got to figure out if it's too much water. But if I can't push that screwdriver in, then I know
2: you don't have enough water. I, I think it's also, uh, you know, another uh, secret weapon in the lawn call uh, repertoire is a shovel. Uh, you know, people sometimes are afraid to to take a shovel and cut down, yeah. and pull that sod back and look underneath at the at the dirt. Right. Over the years, uh, you know, you, people don't they're worried. You know, if I cut uh, on three sides and kind of lay that back, most of the time you can you can look at the soil underneath and then flop it right, right. back over, and it never even turns brown around yeah, the edges. Right. So so that's a great way to know what's under there because that road mix uh, that hyper scenario is a real common problem we've had them even at at my house when i was a kid we had one spot that just that the the grass did not do well and and dad thought it might be a hyper drainage scenario and so he decided he was going to cut a section out of the turf and look Mm -hmm. and when he jumped up on the shovel about two inches down he hit a sidewalk. <laughs> so we were on the bench, and we again, I mentioned we had flood irrigating, so yeah. over the the many uh, 40 years or whatever this yeah. house had been there, the the grass and the dirt had covered up the old sidewalk. Yeah, The rest of it had been removed, but there was like a three-by-three three chunk of sidewalk, so and that's why that grass wouldn't do well. Yeah. So we had to get that out of there. But you would learn, even if it was road mix, or an old sidewalk, right. or, or a piece of wood, or any number of things that could be under there, don't be afraid to cut a chunk out and pull it back and look yeah. and see. What's there
0: yeah that's I think that's very empowering just to think you're not gonna ruin it you know right. you're gonna be able to we're, we're, we're in the process of fixing it and that's totally fine so let's get into some of the things that you want uh, like just the how how should we be watering our lawn I like to think about I, I talk about it constantly uh, it, watering is a moving target it's not one that you I, I don't feel like there's a set it and forget it option when it comes to watering um, you, you know, maybe if you have if you're dragging hoses you're going to set it down and forget about it for an hour and come back. But if you've got like a sprinkler clock, uh, something, you know, a programmed clock, uh, you're going to it's going to be something you change on a consistent basis. There are times during the year where I'll probably change my settings on my sprinkler clock two or three times during the week because I just see things that are, that are happening. You know, this spot needs a little bit more. This spot needs a little bit less. And and you start to kind of start to dial it in. And I think that's kind of the mindset you want to be in when you're thinking about watering it's not one time. It's going to be a consistent thing, and after after some time, you're going to start to get that pattern and how to change it, and when to change it, and what to do. So let's just start with that every day, right? Why why would somebody be watering every day? I typically see it in a certain situation, but I want to hear you know kind of what you you
2: how you see that happening, right? Well, the only scenarios that I that 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 would work. Would be a if you had brand new seed yeah so you have brand new grass seedlings and they have a very small root, and they you know they just don 't have access to deeper ground the other one is when you 're trying to get your new sod right uh, to get established yeah. and you got they don 't have any roots established, and the third one might be if you 're in pure sand right down on the river mm-hmm. you 're in sand that 's on top of river rock right and uh, and the ground just won 't hold water, that would be the other one, but those are really the only scenarios and and I would add to to your discussion about being flexible, err on the side of too dry. Yeah. And people they think that uh, that that's uh, the worst of the two options. If in doubt, water too much. And I, what I'm saying to people is, if in doubt, water not enough. Yeah. Uh, and you're going to find that the grass, uh, when, when the most common thing people do is they come in with dry spots or brown spots. It's almost never water. Right. It's almost always a billbug or a chinch bug or aschigito leaf blight or something else that's uh that's the the underlying cause of that brown grass because when grass gets thirsty it actually wilts. Mm-hmm. It looks a little bit wilted and it gets a little bit of a slaty blue color to right. it. It will tell you when it's thirsty. Yeah. And we want that, Nolan. We're trying to get to a point where we wilt our grass a little bit because that slight little bit of drought stress will actually encourage the roots of the grass to go down. Right. Yeah. looking for more water, which if they will go down, remember we mentioned in the soil, this heavy clay will hold water down deeper. And so if we water less frequently, but for a longer amount of time, the water will be down. And as the grass starts to get a little bit drought stressed, the roots will go down to find it. Right.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's It's and A lot of people have a hard time getting to that point where they think, I have to water. And you might have to water a lot every day or even a little bit every day initially because you've been doing it for so long. But the point is you want to start changing. you got to start changing a little bit every day and kind of condition your lawn to get to that point because the types of grass we grow here are cool season grasses and they have a very deep extensive root system. They want to grow down into the soil. I think perennial ryegrass can have roots going down two feet into the soil. Same with uh, creeping red fescue, two to three feet. These are grasses that are designed to drink from a deep uh, level of the soil and go for a long time without a lot of water. So they're, they're actually designed for that more than they are for too much. These aren't the types of grasses that really want to be wet all the time.
2: They want to dry out. I'm going to recommend that people water one time per week in the spring, twice during the summer so oh, if yes. you want to okay. know what I'm talking about stay tuned we we'll right. get back to This is to a you. big
0: claim from Joss Zamzo. Come back to the last segment here of the Zamzo's Garden Show. This is a pre-recorded show we're going to come back we're going to figure out what Joss is talking about here on the Zamzo's Garden Show on KBOI. The Zamzo's Garden Show will be back right here on News Talk
2: 670 KBOI. Hi, this is Joss Samso, here with my sister Callie. And Callie, is it just me, or are flowers closely tied to good memories?
1: I think that's true for me too, Joss. Remember the big yellow forsythia hedge that was always in bloom for Easter? Oh yeah, and remember when the lilacs started to bloom, the whole backyard smelled amazing. I remember holding my young daughter up to smell dad's apple tree in full bloom and hear the buzz of the bees. Well, that got me thinking about how I could recreate those memories at my current home just by planting those particular flowers.
2: Let's call it planting
1: memories. And your timing is perfect because all 13 Zamzos are receiving massive shipments of flowers practically every day.
2: I think I'll start off by planting some iris like Grandma Helen always had. And then I'm going to plant some snapdragons and then some red geraniums in the planter boxes out front. Oh, and I want some gladiolas along the side of the house with some big dahlias and some trumpet vine. And then I'm going to plant... Okay, Joss, I think we've got the picture. So if you'd like to plant some memories, just stop by any Zamsos and get started now. 13 stores
1: and all of them jam-packed with flowers waiting to serve you now.
0: News talk doesn't have to be boring. Weekday mornings at five. It's Casper and Chris on 670 KBOI. All right, we are back for part four of the Zamzos Garden Show. I am your host, Nolan Guthrie. Today with me is Joss Samzo. This is a pre recorded show. We are talking about watering. And before uh, we went into this break, Joss had a pretty, uh, what would seem like an outrageous claim that you can get by with watering your lawn just one time a week. And that goes contrary to what we hear all the time. People think you got to water this, 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 this. Uh, but Joss, uh, let, get, Tell
2: me how how is this possible? What do you what, how, tell me? What you are going to do? All right. Well, remember earlier in the sto- store uh, show, we kind of tickled this concept that it wasn't about the number of times; it's yeah. about the amount of water, and we're talking about inches of water that you put down on the ground per week right. and and even back to the old sprinkler the old uh, flood irrigating concept or or dragging the hoses when when you water really deep and then not as frequently just because that was that was the the best way the ground surface dries out we're pushing the water deep which the roots will chase yeah and then the roots will actually there's actually water that will stay down there without evaporating yeah we get more Value for less. Yeah, I always think of it as
0: like a sponge. You, the, the deeper you can soak the sponge, the more water you're actually getting because it's coming, you've got a bigger volume that you're working with, right.
2: and it makes the grass just that much healthier for a longer amount of time. And if you take that, take that same concept, if you water all the time, Right. Every single day, the roots of the plant will actually curl and come up toward the surface (laughs) and then you create thatch. And all kinds of things. And it's one of the, the, when, you know, a lot of times when we talk about thatch, people are saying, well, you know, it's, it's compacted soil or some other things. Sometimes it's again watering improperly because the roots stay shallow because the water never goes deep. Right. It's bone dry down there four inches. So the roots stay shallow, which adds to a thatch problem. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Okay. So let's do this. Um, it 's going to be we 're going to be having our sprinklers getting turned on here in just a couple of weeks uh, what 's the first thing you 're going to do for your lawn watering schedule? How are you going to do it what 's the first thing you 're going to do
2: once your sprinklers get turned on here in just a few weeks? So I always go through stage by stage I go in I turn on the sprinkler system there 's usually a box for right. pressurized irrigation or or whatever there 's a box where you turn the water on and once the water is going. Uh, you you test each station to make sure that nothing got broken in the middle of right. the winter. That they, you know, there wasn't a pipe that broke or somebody hit one with a lawnmower or trick or uh, treaters broke something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And you, so you fix any of those type of things and make sure you're getting even coverage. Right. And then turn that thing off. Yeah, we don't need a sprinkler system in Idaho in April. We yeah. just don't.
0: Right, because we've got rain, we've got dew, we've got frost. Those sorts of things contribute to the little amount of water that the grass needs that time of year. And the demand on the grass is such that it's still cool. It doesn't need to transpire a lot of water. So we don't need that much for it at that time. So, okay, that's how we're going to start our spring. Now we get into, we start to get to May, we start to get to June. What are you starting to look for before you turn that sprinkler on?
2: So I'm looking for that grass to begin to look a little wilty. Yeah, uh, and so when I, yeah, and we mentioned it can get a silvery or a slaty color, and it starts mm-hmm. to look uh, wilty. And if you go over the ground is bone dry, you can see the ground is dry and it's wilty. The beauty is if you put water on grass that's thirsty within four or five hours, it has come back a hundred percent, and you will know that's exactly what it was. Right. If it stays brown, you can say, "Oh, mm. yeah, that's not water." Right. That's because typically what customers would do is, well, I'm going to add an extra day or three days or start watering every single day right. uh, and then by the time they come into us we've got a problem we have to use a chemical solution for right them. so I'm going to put my water on when I start to see that slaty blue and I'm gonna pick one day yeah and I probably at the very beginning stages I might water for 30 minutes per station yeah uh, f- for mine but how much water do you put out per uh, per per 15 minutes or, or 30 minutes is really important here. And in the past, I've probably told a 1,000 customers, <laughs> what you need to do is get yeah, a straight-sided yeah, yeah. can like a tuna can. Right. And you go out and you put it in. Uh, and I realized this last fall how crazy that was. <laughs> I know, uh, right? <laughs> no customers were leaving ZAMZO's and going home and making a tuna sandwich. Or the ones that did, they only had one tuna sandwich, right. so they'd put the one can out. Yeah. and And then you would measure how many inches of water in the tuna fish can. Uh, so so this year what we've created, and they'll be ready within uh, the next week or 10 days, what we're calling a water audit kit. Yeah. And the water audit kit will include four little water gauges and they have a spike on the bottom. You place these in, for example, space them around in zone one and you're gonna turn the sprinkler on for 15 minutes. Yeah. And then when the fifteen minutes is up, you go out and you pour all four of the cups together and you see how what it actually has an inch measure on there. Uh and and we're gonna start for in the beginning of the season, we're gonna put down one inch of water per week in one application. Right. And if the grass at the end of the week, let's say we get towards Mother's Day or Memorial Day, if it starts to look silvery or wilty, instead of adding a second day, we're gonna go to 45 minutes Mm -hmm. once. And through that spring, by keeping the surface dry and watering deep, the roots are gonna follow. Mm. Uh, the, The one exception to this rule is sometimes in idaho we get a 100 degrees with a 10 knot wind and a 10 percent humidity and it seems to last forever right and when that (laughs) happens we could go twice yeah but we're going to pull it back so if we were doing 45 minutes or an hour one time per week and we still can't get to the to the next session without it wilting hard then we're going to go to two but we're going to We're going to pull it back. Pull it back slightly. So if we were doing 45 minutes, maybe we would do uh, uh, 45 minutes twice, Mm -hmm. spaced like four days apart. Yeah. And watch and see what happens. Uh, It may also be, again, if you're down on the river and you're in pure sand, you're going to have to probably water more than that. Right. Uh, And, and, you know, those isolated cases. But for 90% of this valley, we're going to do two in the hottest part of the summer. Maybe if it's 110, we would do three, but never more than three. We're going to do long and we're going to let that ground dry
0: out. Right. And I think uh, for a lot of people hearing that, they're going to be, there's no way. And I think... What the the biggest thing here is you've got to you've got to it will work. You've got to start doing it though. Right. You can't do it just halfway. You've got to start doing it, and this year is a great year to start because you're starting fresh. You're gonna you're waiting for your sprinklers to turn on, and you can start doing it now. And with that and proper fertilization, you're gonna be able to start to. Get the grass to go that direction and do these things, and you'll condition it so that in the long term, you're going to use way less water. You're going to use way less chemical bug and disease controls. You're going to have fewer weeds because the grass is just going to be healthier. It's going
2: to do better. And in the long term, it's going to be better for everybody. Now, all these directions are going to be in the water audit kit. Yeah. So when we get close and we don't need them yet, the water's not on. But when the water cut by the time April 15th is here and the water's on, we're going to have water audit kits. You can do water audits two or three or four times during the season and just monitor your system to, to figure out where we're at. Uh, and all the directions are going to be in the kit itself, so you don't have yeah. to go back and, and re-listen to this radio program to understand <sighs> yeah, how to that's, do
0: it. That's awesome. It's going to be a great resource for everybody this year. I, Joss, I appreciate you coming in exactly. and doing this pre-recorded show with me. It's one I've been wanting to do for a while. I'm glad you were here to do that. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. We will talk to you soon here on the Zamzo's Garden Show on KBOY.
3: Hi, this is Jim Zamzo, and you've been hearing us talk about continuing the tradition of getting Mom a spectacular hanging basket for Mother's Day from Zamzo's. But you don't have to wait till then to buy your hanging baskets, because all 13 Zamzo's have baskets, with more arriving almost every day. If you're new to the area, ask anyone who has the biggest selection of the best hanging baskets in the Treasure Valley, and they'll tell you without hesitation, Zamzo's. So why settle for a so-so basket when you can give mom a spectacular hanging basket from Zamzo's for the same price? We also have great gifts and decor for mom, including pottery, patio furniture, bird feeders and bird baths, hummingbird feeders, hooks and trellises, pruners, shears and hand tools, and of course gloves and gift cards. So this Mother's Day, continue the tradition and come to Zamzo's now. 13 stores to serve you, including Napa across from Garcher Mall.
1: Nobody knows like Samso.